Hey everybody, welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. Today we got to get some market updates here from the gold and junior equities market with our good friend, the junior miner junkie himself, Mr. David Erfley. David, welcome back to the podcast. Really good to see you. You're cleaning up nicely, my friend. Thanks, Trevor. Always great to see you and always great to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, hey, I, I, I've been wanting to get your thoughts here on the recent it's not just one move it's moves in gold uh it's man yeah keep your head on a swivel the last couple of weeks because uh you're 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 flat and then you were really down and now you're kind of erased all of those losses so instead of let's not talk about first where we are i want to talk about where we were uh gold went down to almost eighteen hundred dollars an ounce uh not too long ago uh sentiment was absolutely awful uh but it was so bad you could make the argument that it was time for a bounce absolutely i mean that's that's the way this market works right um we had uh the 1900 six month floor broken on the very last day of q3 the bears were able to to to, to close the gold price below 1900 and the last day of q3 happened uh, at the end of the month and the end of the quarter and the end of the week. So the following week, you had a nice stop run for the bears and they were and bullion banks were able to cover and the gold price, you know, quickly went all the way down to its rising 200 week moving average which which is around 1823. It wasn't even able to actually get there. And now we're having this strong bounce. And uh, the bounce is even stronger because it's fueled both by macroeconomic factors and also, unfortunately, geopolitical factors because of what's going on in Israel, in the Middle East. Well, yeah, let's talk about the fundamentals behind this bounce because uh, gold started that rebound when the kind of escalation in Israel uh, began and started hitting the media. We got news of that. Uh, but then that Friday, last Friday, nobody wanted to be stuck short gold, not knowing what the weekend had in store. It ran it up $60 an ounce. Good move. Uh, here we are. Uh, we are recording this on Wednesday. Gold's having another strong move, really trying to test that 1964, 1965 level futures basis once again, which is a line that I've had on my chart for a very, very long time. Um also a downtrend line. Yeah. Yeah. And so let me just, I mean, listen, like you and I have chatted, you want gold, if gold's going to move higher, you want a healthy move higher that's based on just fundamental buying and kind of maybe more macro reasons told it. You do not want it on geopolitical news, on news of escalations. But here we are. We've got, do we have a little bit of both here, David? Yes, we do. You know, you know. Um, unfortunately, when you have a when you have uh, the gold price rising on war news, geopolitical news, people are dying for your gold prices for for the for, for your for, for your gold and your gold stocks to go up, and that's not something to cheer for. Um, you know, um, when we had um, last week, we also had we had a, a a dual catalyst. We had a geopolitical catalyst, and we had a macroeconomic catalyst last week um, when uh, the consumer sentiment index came out much lower than expected. It keeps coming out below expectations. So lower consumer sentiment combined with with rising inflation expectations screams stagflation. 
and um, unfortunately, um, also that uh, ramps up the uh, the similarities to the the seventies, right? When we had the same thing happen, where a war in the Middle East, you know, ironically, I don't, know if, I don't think it was ironic. I think it was on purpose. Um, Fifty years ago to the day, back in October of nineteen seventy three. Israel was was attacked, and it sparked what became known as the Yom Yom Kippur War, and that and what soon followed was an Arab oil embargo. Now today we've had Iran come out and hint that that they want an oil embargo and they're going to stop selling oil to Israel. So, you know, all these things are lining up uh, to where it's a lot like the seventies. You know, and, and in the seventies we had uh, a huge move in the gold price. That started from about a hundred dollars in 1975, a few years after that war started, and it went to eight hundred dollars um, by uh, January of 1980 on, on the Iranian hostage crisis, coupled with Russia rolling into Afghanistan. So, um, and also you had rising interest rates and stagflation, and you know a lot of these similarities are taking place right now. Um, so, you know, this is very bullish for the gold price, but unfortunately on a day like today, when you have a gold price, that's up another $30 silver and the miners are lagging that move and you don't want to see that, uh, and they're lagging that move because the stock market is beginning to roll over and you don't want to see panic in the stock market if you're holding gold shares, because if you see panic in the stock market, that, that, that's going to that's gonna initially hit your gold shares, even though they're completely depressed and washed out, um, <laughs> that you could still see a bit more selling in them. Oh, and a lot of this is happening just watching the bond yields move higher and higher on every end of the curve here, David. I mean, absolutely. I, Today, we, seemed- had a, we had a $13 billion sale of 20-year bonds uh, this afternoon, and it came in stronger than expected. And that's where you saw a little a move higher. In, in 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 the stock market and you know come off its lows and um, the sale is was, was seen as like a test of demand for long-dated government debt so you know um, bond but gold prices have really been extremely resilient in the face of these rising bond yields I mean uh, the 10 year was last time that the 10 year was just over four percent. The gold price was at eighteen twenty. Now it it, it hit four point nine percent just before that auction this afternoon, and gold's at nineteen sixty. And so, and you've got you've got a, and it's also rising with the U.S. dollar. And when it rises with the U.S. dollar, the silver and the miners can uh, tend to lag. Well, and it's I know it's just one auction, and then it's just a one you know it's a twenty year auction. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, I haven't seen the commentators that I follow in. And out of the bond market, provide any commentary yet, but I should be watching it. Uh, but that seems pretty good. It seems like there is this idea of a flight to safety where both gold and bonds can kind of fill that need, right? And we are actually seeing a little bit of, uh, at least today, some the, the the stock market, the equities market is fragile. Um, are we? Are we? I mean, this. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a one-day flip, but are we starting to really see a gradual turnaround of risk-off happening within the investing community here? Well, I think so. You know, I mean, going back to the similarities of of the 70s, I mean, um, the markets actually topped on October 29, 1973, after after the Yom Kippur War started. And then by December 
um, the Dow had fallen 21%, and then a severe recession also followed, and gold prices doubled over the next several months. So this week, you're seeing oil prices moving closer to $100 a barrel uh, on fears uh, of, of a widening war that might bring in Iran. So it's, you know, it's, it's really interesting how this is shaping out in the Middle East because um, Palestine basically does not have a military. And while the, 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 the terrorist group Hamas doesn't even have an air force or any kind of nav, uh, navy pow, naval power whatsoever. And, and to contrast this, Israel has one of the most advanced defense forces in the world. And most importantly, you know, they've got nuclear weapons. But, uh, and, and also, Israel, they've, they've got over 2,000 main battle tanks and 615 heavy infantry fighting vehicles. And Hamas has zero. And every adult in Israel has received proper basic military training. Yet the U.S. is, is in the process of sending an amphibious task force of thousands of U.S. sailors and Marines toward, toward Israel right now where they will be positioned aboard warships in case a conflict there with Hamas expands. I mean, why? You know, I, you know unfortunately, that I think this is basically uh, my, great, my, 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 my greatest fear here is that the players are entering the arena there over there in the Middle East for something much larger than Israel versus Palestine, and that will be reflected in, in the gold price going higher before it takes place most likely. And on the other side of, well, it's not even close to that region of the world, we have Vladimir Putin visiting China. Uh, exactly, a, <laughs> exactly. And you've, got, and you've got the, the U.S. You know, funding you know, Ukraine with, with an open checkbook. And, at the same, and, and now they're discussing a $100 billion package that would be combined with, with Israel relief, uh, Ukraine mm-hmm. relief, and border wall relief. It's just insane. What's going on here with with, with, with the debt? I mean, the the, the deficits and um, basically with with what's going on with uh, with uh, the debt situation. I mean, that is just a black swan waiting to happen. Yeah. Oh, and we're in an election year. Uh, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> going into an election where you know the, the leading republican candidate is going to be tied up probably going to be tied up in court to the election when they're trying to put him in jail and then the the, the leading democrat candidate is the, the republicans who are can't even figure out who their their speaker is going to be want to want to try to impeach him it's just a mess it is it is absolutely a mess you and i fully heartedly agree on that i mean why not why wouldn't you be buying gold in this situation exactly I mean, <laughs> yes. Podcast over. That's that's uh, that's our answer. Uh, uh, well, okay, David. I mean, listen. The, the, obviously, there's turmoil everywhere. In fact, I don't know why the mainstream media just doesn't put up turmoil everywhere graphic on their screens every single day right now. Yeah, well, Wall um, Street won't let them. Wall Street won't let. But listen, there's also listen. Let's talk about our favorite Canadian equities, the Explorers. There's turmoil in the Canadian markets right now. Volumes are absolutely depressed. It's a depression, TS, basically, yes. The TSX venture, the composite, I mean, I shared that chart over and over. It just, it looks so bad and so ugly. What, I mean, what's going to take? I mean, we could see gold really move higher here. And I, I, could, I, could, I can actually envision $2,500 gold 
next year. I can see that the well, way by April, with the news by April, easy, yeah. By with the news in front of my face, I could see a screaming gold price. I don't know if that actually brings the small cap junior gold explorers up with it. Oh, it I depends on what's happening in the marketplace, right? I mean, if you're seeing panic everywhere in in the stock market, you know, which, which is priced to perfection, right? Yeah. And it's it's just a a bubble that's been waiting to to pop for a very long time. But 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 but, is, but when when shorts realize that it's not popping, they have to cover and it keeps going higher. And you got seven AI stocks basically holding up the entire S and P five hundred because the other four hundred ninety three don't look so hot. So yeah. you know it's. It's really interesting the way this has panned out for for the juniors um, because basically we had a major bottom in the in the gold stocks in the gold miners at this time last year. It was a seven year gold cycle low. You know, I wrote a story about it. I I, I said look, gold stocks bottom every seven years, and I was correct. But I was I was not correct about the juniors bottoming with them. Is that a lot of the most of these juniors continue to go lower. Some of them are are, are even at their 2016 lows and even below that. So uh, when you've got a gold price that has just been going sideways while the stock market has, has been going higher and people are getting five percent on their money in a, in a savings account, why should I mess around with risky gold juniors? And the street knows this. As far as juniors are concerned, that are exploring and they come out with great results. And you know, if you're a if you're a junior and you're drilling and you've got some you've got you've got some some cash, but you've only got you've got less than a year's cash. Even if you come out with bonanza grade results, that pop is going to get sold. It's 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 going to get sold by the street because they know that you're going to have to finance pretty soon and drill results aren't rewarded in the long term in this market with with capital markets being so stingy right now. I mean, it's basically, Trevor, it's all resource investors have been trading amongst themselves for the past 11, 12 years. Mm-hmm. And there's no generalist investor slack to pick up anything. So you've got savvy speculators, you've got a savvy street that's playing with these stocks that know they're, that they're going to have to finance so it's it's a very very challenging market, and if you're going to play in it, you have to make sure you're holding the right stocks for the long term. Because let's let's face it, we know that 80 85 percent of these juniors, you know, are basically lifestyle companies, and we don't know if once that capital mark once once the capital markets open again wide, that window opens wide again. Are these lifestyle companies going to get financed again like they always do when there's a major bottom in gold stocks? Have you been somewhat surprised about, I mean, I don't know if resiliency is the right word here, but we're not seeing a lot of those quote unquote lifestyle companies just go away. No, and they need to. I, I know we've just, we've discussed this before and, yeah. um, you know, uh, I really believe that a lot of these companies need to merge, you know, with with uh, with with with, pro- with companies that have projects in their area or that have similar projects. I'd like to see um, a developer with three, four, five really good high margin projects with a hundred, two hundred million in the bank. I'd like to see a merger 
of a several juniors create a company like that and then get a big board U.S. listing, have lots of liquidity, have lots of interest in the in, on the street, and that would that would certainly help because a lot of these companies now that that have done a great job in de-risking these multi-million projects, they raised money at the right time when their share prices were high. They even raised money earlier this year when uh, I know the, I know a, a lot of investors were upset about that, but it turned out to be a really smart move. Um, their 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 share structures are still pretty tight, considering they've they're at the finance stage or they're or, or they're or they're at the feasibility stage, and yet their market cap is maybe two three times less than the initial capex equity portion they're going to have to raise to get the mine built. Mm-hmm. So that is not a is not a good thing, and I don't think it's going to change until a the market starts to to price in a two thousand dollar floor as opposed to a now thirteen year ceiling, and b the generalist investor starts to come into not only the gold space but comes but starts to get into 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 the junior space. So, you know, this is, these are things that need to happen. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned something very interesting there about merging in and getting a United States big board listing. Uh, you and I are both based in the U.S. and we were chatting a little bit before we started recording just about the difficulties it is of speculating and investing in the exploration sector when the majority of them are traded in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um I, I and I don't maybe it's just my own personal uh, bear market frenzy and frustration right now, but it is getting very challenging. Uh, you would think that for as much liquidity as there continues to be in the United States, the Canadians would want some of that and make it a little bit easier. But it's it's just only getting more difficult, David. Absolutely. Do you, you see it get harder and harder, adding more fees? Yes. So, I mean, could that be an incentive for more M&A with what you say? It's like, listen, you want liquidity, you want flow. It's not here. There, obviously, Canada has its own challenges. I mean, both countries have their own challenges right now, mm-hmm. fundamentally, and, 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 and on, on the economic side. But could that be an incentive to say, let's merge, let's get that U.S. listing, and let's really – pound the pound the pavement here in the United States because right now it's just not working. Right. There's one company that has that is starting to do that. It's it's one of my top 10 uh picks and I and I and I hold the stock. It's a Cisco development. You know, this is arguably one of the one of the most serially successful um mine builders in in the sector. They have a US listing. They have three projects that that they're de-risking right now, and one is at the finance stage, and and one they're already producing at, and another one I believe they're they're they might be trying to sell in Mexico, but they have multiple projects and they have a U.S. listing, they have access to capital, they have a, a tight share structure now after after um, after they uh, purchased uh, the Tintic uh, uh, mine complex in, in Idaho. They had their eye on it for a very long time, and uh, this is a very high-grade mine, and there's lots of, of potential and prospectivity uh, on the property. Uh, so a company like this, you know, and adding, you know, maybe another project 
um, that is that is uh, close to the, the finance stage or, or at the, the feasibility stage. I'd like to have them a bit more capital. The market knows they have to raise capital now, so the market punished the stock, even though mm-hmm. the stock had already moved down quite a bit after after the, the market thought they overpaid for Tintic. And, um, you know, I got into the stock after that, that huge move down. And unfortunately, it had another move down when the, when the company announced that they're, they're going to have to raise more capital uh, to, to, to start construction on the uh, Barkerville, uh, pro- the Caribou project in, in B.C., which now is they just got the environmental permit. So it's basically permitted now. You know, I mean, that's another thing is, is the permit issues that these companies have to go through. Some of these mines that um, the, these companies are going to have to finance down the road still need to get mining permits, and they're still a year or two years away from that. So, you know, there's there's two types of, of, of mines, mining projects. You know, there's the permitted mining projects, and there's the, the, the mining projects that still need to be permitted. So, um, you know, I mean, a lot of things have to change in this sector. A lot of these companies need to go away. And in just basically bottom line, generalists have to come back in the sector. And for them to come back in the, into the sector, gold's going to have to break out. Yep. All right. David, I appreciate your time. Good to connect with you once again. Have yourself a great rest of your week. And hopefully we touch base here sooner rather than later. Thanks, Trevor. You too. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.